Welcome to the Lady Palace Podcast. We are your hosts, Bella and Amanda. We're just a couple of gals who are on a mission to shake up the status quo around women's health. Come and delve into the depths with us as we start the conversations to empower, educate, create change and connect you back home into your lady house. Now it's up to every woman to know what's inside of the ovaries, the womb, every part of her vagina. They're different sizes, shapes and all colors. Life starts from a yoni straight from our mothers. Fertility. New creation and the taboo. Let's start a conversation. Your yoni is your homie, so lift her up higher. Ladies, say you're proud. I love my vagina. Woman, power, goddess, flower, lady, palace, click, click, boom. I'm a woman and my body is a temple, and my yoni is connected to my mental. All right, it's the Boom Tang Clan with Valerie and Amanda. All right. Thanks, Mason, for joining us on our Lady Palace podcast. Um, We're very excited to have you here. And, yeah, it's definitely nice to connect, like we were saying, over Instagram. I've definitely been a fan of yours and have found solace in your Instagram through the past few years, having some lightness and some, you know, good energy coming through. Um, but for those of our listeners who don't really know you or haven't come across your work before, can you sort of share a little bit about who you are, your role and sort of how you got into the work that you do? Thank you, Bella. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be on the podcast with you. Um, yeah, season, was it season Season two. Season two, yeah. yeah. I'm honoured. Um, and I love your work. And I, it's, it's, yeah, it is one of those funny ones where I feel like I know the clinic yeah. and the, dy- you know, the dynamic is what you offer. And it's just like we, we talk about you internally. And, you know, I think we, we, we send a lot of people your way. And so it's so funny to think that this is the first time we're really landing at a proper chat. But, yeah, I mean, the last, if, if anyone goes to my personal Instagram, yeah, the last two years, I have, for my own sake, and to, you know, in, in, in you know, so much of my life is you know not serious, but you know, it's serious business. In what I, I'll explain what I, you know, that that side of things, it's you know, super feast and tonic herbalism is fun and dynamic, but you, you know, we deal with such deep intentions that people have for them, for themselves now, for their family now. You know, you for for women especially, but anyone, men, you know, picking up that torch and. Like I'm going to be the guardian of the half of the health, you know, for this family and this household, and the intentions run so deep and they're so primordial, and you can't muck around with the things maybe being good or you know, if I have medicinal mushrooms and adaptogens, people might not make my know them in that category, but these for me they're the Taoist tonic herbs, um, and these are the herbs that I connect to them through the Taoist lineage because. It's one thing to take a scalpel to these herbs that have risen in, in infamy um, and have such reverence thanks to the 5,000 years of proven usage and, mm-hmm. and take them and just whack them into a Western scenario and say, adaptogen this, and they're really great for HPA and they're really great for cortisol. And they, they're, they're really good in a Western clinical setting for that and they really work well. But long-term, when people are like, you know, I, I'm not sick, I just have a... I just have a I can feel that I'm at a fork in the road and it's the difference between me being engaged with ensuring that degeneration 
of, the, of our of our physical selves or our emotional selves or our mental selves doesn't ravage my family line, yeah. and that's so serious. And for me, the only way to make sure that with the herbs that I'm long term staying in absolute integrity, I can think I'm integrity, but by walking through with, with a lineage, which is just, you know, the way to communicate that is you're running in the divot of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions and, you know, tens of millions and billions of humans that have come before us and understood that these are the divots and the way that we approach herbalism or the cultivation of health of ourselves and protecting ourselves and our family that align with, 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 the, with nature or align with the universal, whatever it is. That's these ancient traditions. That's what Taoism is or yogic traditions or shamanic traditions or Australian indigenous traditions. Yeah, that's like it's just a grounding to show that you're in alignment with something that goes beyond the mind and clinical, um, uh, you know, testing of markers, so on and so forth. And so that's why I walk that path and it's very deep work. It's very it's sacred, um, it's very, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's very mm. sacred and um, and there is room for, you know, for a lot of fun and lightheartedness and it is like that. But over the last two years, for my own sake, especially stepping really deeply into the CEO role and taking, um, you know, handing that Tani, my wife, stood in and, um, and was really that, you know, was really energising that, that CEO leader role for like the probably you know, for the last year I've been back in, but it was like the five years before that while I landed and continued to be the the, the, the face extroverted um, educator, you know, just like. Which I yeah. think has been, it's been so great as well, I think, for Superfeast to actually have um, yourself and being the man as well to come forth and to really be able to educate those principles and also to the importance of those traditions and then why now that's even needed so much more in where we are universally, where we are collectively as a consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the importance of that, like you were saying, how that then filtrates into the family and into the lineage. And, you know, I feel like you guys were really the first people worldwide, let's be honest, um, to really bring mushrooms into, I guess, the spotlight, right? Um, and to really show the power of what they are. And I think that was what was wonderful, just watching your videos. It was like, yes, you can add this in and you can make use this gin tonic for this purpose mm. um, and really incorporating that so it became, like, functional, um, accessible and then something that you could actually bring in as part of a ritual as well as part of a tradition. Like I'm going to wake up this morning, I'm going to have my, I'm going to have my ashwagandha um, and then making that, yeah, edible as well, right? Because that is some of the hardest things sometimes. It's not actually, some of that medicinal medicine can be hard for the palate to to consume. Mm. Yeah, I came in at an interesting time because 11 years ago when I started Superfeast, I started down a little bit of a different route, even though mushrooms and, and, and Taoist herbalism and the, and the protection and the cultivation of that, which allowed our, our treasures to shine, which you know, I'm sure you, you know, your community knows about the treasures, but we can dive into them in through the context a little bit. Yeah, um, um, however, I thought there was no room for someone doing mushrooms and, and adaptogens then because I had this, it was in a, a little niche community of people like Ron Teagarden and George Lamoureux who really brought it over from the East and brought that tonic herbal message over to the West. And I was like, it's saturated. There's no, there's not room for me, even though there was really no one in Australia, just a couple of little, you know, like grassroots froppers running around who I'm, a lot of them who I'm still friends with today. 
So it was fascinating for me when I was like, that, that was my mentality. That's how mm. sometimes my strategic business mindset really misses the mark in terms of thinking that 11 years ago, there was no room for anyone to do mushrooms. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, and then as I was doing the markets in, in Northern Rivers, that's when out of necessity, mothers coming up to me with four kids and telling me about how every, you know, they're like, I go to the doctors and naturopaths and all that kind of stuff and I don't want to treat anymore. That's where I was at. I don't like treating people. I, I actively didn't become a practitioner and I wanted to stay in being a, a, a professional, you know, fan of Chinese medicine. And, a fo- you know, I wanted to stay in that folky, um, approachable aspect where the Chinese medicine wisdom, the tonic herbal wisdom, old folky wisdom, grandma, grandpa medicine just permeates into the lifestyle and helped people learn how to, inter- you know, how to have a relationship with herbs mm-hmm. that isn't, not the same style of relationship that you have with herb that a practitioner needs to have with the herb, but one that's a little, you know, it's a little bit more gentle and, you know, there's, it's got such a different weight to it. And I liked professionally sitting there and then talking with practitioners and having written and having a relationship and teaching people how to have a greater relationship with the practitioner and how to widen your own purview in terms of what you can treat while then getting very smart and very direct about when you are outside of your purview and your family's Mm -hmm. purview and make sure that you're not going back constantly for the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're constantly building your own wisdom and knowledge so that you then, then practitioners times becomes way more efficient as well, you know? And then, so there's, there's like that really, I really enjoyed that. That's been like 10 years, especially since I brought the herbs in out of necessity. I had to be like, you know, I can't handle my family going down so hard for three weeks every year. Mm. So I bring in the mushrooms and talk about the lifestyle practice. I talk about the Taoist vibe. I talk about the transitions of the season. As you feel that, that, that ringing of the autumn bell, you know that you need to, you know, maybe pop up a little reminder or something, you know, some, some people it's an altar. It's just an awareness. You're in a different phase and you need to be watching your kids and your family and yourself and you need to be watching the wind and you need to be watching the cold and you need to be watching the next. And then you add in the chi herbs there, you know, you add in like the, the, the beautiful astragalus and white atrigolodes and cotonopsis and euphoria and turkey tail and gynostema during that time. Oh, you get like a tenfold, um, you know, like betterment of how your family is prepared for and cruises through the season. And that just lit me up. And it was like, I was just so, it was just such a, you know, it's such a practice. There's no end game. There's no like, you know, like an extreme for a doctor, you know, say the extreme Western sense is like, come in. Okay. Something going on with your, I don't know, your gallbladder. Let's chop it out off your pop. Bam. bam done. And it's so, not, it's just like so much romance. It's not such a, you know, that's an extreme example that, you know, probably doesn't need to happen more, you know, as much as people, it does happen. Well, it's like separatism, isn't it? It's like everything is. It's the reductionist viewpoint. Yeah. yeah. Let's just take it out, right, yeah. rather than looking at it that from that holistic perspective. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but the, 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 just that, the majesty of just having that practice of meeting autumn again and then or meeting the chi herbs again and getting that mm. feeling of, you know, that, just that, that, that's that aliveness and, you know, you can be the most like cutthroat, cerebral, atheist, I only believe in science. And we're still talking about the exact exact same thing of feeling what happens when say that autumn comes around or that spring comes around and having a, and feeling that, you know, those liver herbs, feeling that relationship and that, that experience you have when Shazandra and um, Goji 
you know, and, and pearl come into your system and that's a lot, that's biophilia and it doesn't need to be fancy. It can maybe just be your peripheral nervous system taking in a particular sensory vibration that goes through, you know, it doesn't need to be governed by the, the liver as I as I see it, you know, but it can yes. be that information goes to, through the, the neural organ of the heart and, and, and that gets decided. That can be very cutthroat science, but that's what's happening. You can feel the aliveness of these things. And once you feel the aliveness, then you're in the presence of actually being at the, being in the driver's seat of generating and, and cultivating your own personal culture and family mm-hmm. culture and, and being really, um, really majestic and driving towards your destiny, which is an inevitable, it's an inevitability, but it's, it can be done with a smooth flow of chi, with a liver gallbladder that's able to actually disperse that, that chi in a way that's really nice and sweet and not bottlenecked and go, you know, like getting thrown around or just like, yeah, yeah, we just can't, you know, like that's like, it's, it's, it's not, that's not, it's fun, but learning how to do that and learning that, you know, let's just call it machinery or, you know, learning what that organ, you know, what, you know, like how, how the, the, you know, the, the, the orchestra like timing and what that means to be in terms of the actions and processing emotions and things you need to be doing in order for that live, for your liver to do that it takes years and years and years and years for you to figure that out. But once you get it going, that's you and yours and you felt it and you, so and it's like, you, it's like you create an embodiment really yeah, isn't it? like mm. with the herbs, which then allows you to have a greater relationship with nature once you can actually start to feel feel the nature of those herbs working through you yeah yeah oh, and once it, it? i know it's once so you nat- decentralized yeah. so decentralized totally and then once you naturally start to you know if that's the first place that you go to work on the body and you're like okay i need to fix some things we need to just connect on in add in some medicinal mushrooms clean up your diet eat more seasonally then naturally from there you want to change other aspects of your life. You're like, okay, well then, you know, I don't want to be, you know, associated with a lot of my mates who go down the pub every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night and drinking because, you know, I'm starting to respect my temple and, you know, now I'm really interested in how the universe works and, you know, consciousness and I'm going to start to go to a meditation class and I feel like it can start off with the body. So it seems like this sometimes really just, oh, I'm just, you know, adding in medicinal mushrooms or I'm taking some extra herbs or something, but it is like this total expansion. And that's also, I guess, part of the energy of the herbs as well, that it's, you know, it seems like a surface level, not surface level, but going in there just for one thing, I just want to help my adrenals, but sort of the poetic, um, you know, philosophies of it is that deeper expansion and, Mm tapping into the synergistic energies of the body that then naturally just open you up and you have like a greater reverence for nature and, you know, even deepening relationships. It's starts off like as maybe just this one little secular part of your life, but then can just become a massive expansive journey, um, which is so beautiful. You brought up a couple of really cool things I've been thinking a lot about lately. And that's, and that's, You've, you've really mapped out that beginning journey that a lot of people go through, especially when they start, you know, they were like, oh, it's my adrenals or it's my immunity or I'm... A lot of people come to, like, you know, reishi mushroom and they're like, I'm wanting to experience more, you know, I want to experience myself more spiritually, whatever it is. <clears throat> and then they'll awaken to, oh, now I drink cleaner water and, you know, I might not might not go to the pub. And, I'll really, and then that can go on for a while, depending on whether someone gets lost in an ideology 
there. It depends on how long that's going to go. Mm. But then the thing I've watched, the theme lately is that these herbs are so amazing and the practices like living seasonally are so amazing. Then might what happen is you go, now I'm getting that subconscious pull to start going in and say, you know, maybe it's like I need to re-engage with my family and integrate with my family. And the thing is, because you've gone through that process of building yourself up with the herbs, you've got the herbs there helping you generate that tenacity, maintain that capacity for you to go through hardships. You've got that awareness of the seasonality. You've got an awareness of the food. You become more robust. And the whole point of these herbs and the practices Qigong movement, more embodied movement, is to get you really robust so that when you do take the car and Ferrari out of the garage and you go through integration processes, which for you it might be I'm really rejecting my teenage self or that party self and I've told myself that all those friends that go to the pub, they're bad and wrong and I don't want to resist or reject that anymore. So you start to slowly engage so that you don't have that sense of rejection. It's integrated and you've got a masterful capacity to in, to interact with that part of yourself. That's been coming up a lot. And the thing is, you've got the tenacity to not get swept away by pub culture, alcohol culture, or, or swept into the psychological bullshit of your family that they can't help, you know, stop help projecting on you. So they're, they're initiations and they're integrations so we can become whole and more interesting. And that's our shen, right? We, we start letting go of the, you know, these identities that we have. And that's the jing. And the jing gets nice and strong and our kidney water is flowing in such a beautiful way. And we're, we're, not, we're not pulling from our reserves in order to operate through the day because the food we're eating, the herbs we're taking, the breaths we're taking, we, we're generating so much charge of chi through our spleen, through our, um, through our lungs, that you've, you've got this. You, you, you're mentally so focused and you can focus on your destiny that you go cool let's go through that initiation now let's yeah like let's let's do (laughs) it and it doesn't look it doesn't look the way that you think it's the perfect wellness kind of thing but i've been thinking about it a lot and i've watched people go it's really weird i'm starting to want to kind of go back and do these things i thought i'd never do again and i'm like yeah but that's because you want to be an interesting person because shen is interesting and shen is integrated and when you're 80 and you're shining your personality and your diamond shine of your personality, your mind, your spirit, your infinite spirit, that, that, that part of us that has, we've, we've gone and worked with everything. We've worked with our, our you know, our, our family shit and our own personal shit and all that, but we've integrated it so well and not got stuck in ideology that we have that capacity to express that infinite love that is within us because we're not resisting or pushing back or fighting the system or fighting our family or you know, or any of that, fighting toxic culture, mm. you know, any of that kind of stuff. And that's when you're free. And that's how, that's ultimately the goal of tonic herbalism is to have that shen shiny and cultivated. It's been heaps of people have been talking to me lately about that piece. They're like, I finally know why you bang on about this stuff mm. on your podcast because I've got this desire to go back and integrate this thing from my past and I can't help it. And I, I, Consciously, I think, oh, that's an unhealthy thing. I'm going backwards, but they know they have to go and deal with that demon or figure out why they rejected it or got sucked in to that when they were when they were younger. And that's why that's the Taoist philosophy behind that. That's what's there because you, you've got you've got a tenacity. Nothing. You've got strong enough knees, and when those kidneys are real healthy, the spirit that emerges from that kidney is your will and that capacity and desire that that is that personality and spirit of the kidneys that that goes yet. Yeah, 
I can take on the responsibility now. I can ha- I can I can handle this now, and you can't ignore it. It's just like a vortex for taking on that responsibility, mm. and everyone thinks it's going to take them forward. Yeah, I'm going to take responsibility for the climate and, and this, and it's like no, 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 no. Let, we're, we're looking backwards. Thank you very much, and we're, and you can't help yes. it. It's a magnet, yes. and so you don't get distracted by your, you know, your, your, yeah, your, 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 like that virtue seeking self that wants to save everything you don't know and, but it's, 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 it's visceral you know it's really visceral that's what the, that's coming up in, the, in our community at the moment i love that because you're like i gotta clean up my backyard there's piles of poo that are buried in here i'm not worried about you know what's going on down in the street i need to clean up the shit that's buried that's it. clean it up out of the garden pull out yep. the weeds make Which takes serious will it takes serious will to not just sprinkle edible flowers all over those places of food. <laughs> yeah, which totally. I think is so. I love that. So it's like initiation, really. So yeah. through mm. the Taoism and through the in, an integration of taking the medicinal mushrooms and the tonics, is that you really are going through this whole integration process and initiation process. And it's that yep. subtlety that then will come through. Um, and so it's really, what did you say? It's ideology or sociology. It's actually cosmology, right? So it's like you've got the cosmos coming through you in this way. And I just love the way you explain that. So continue more because we that want this beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Well, what it's speaking to our hearts. What I was also going to also like tie into this because um, our first season of The Lady palace podcast was all about serving women and it came to fruition because we wanted a voice for women to be able to talk about taboo topics or to have these conversations that they might not have found elsewhere but season two is all about the men so we wanted to honor that for the men in you know everyone's lives to have a place to land where they can feel comfortable to understand new topics or to be able to delve a bit deeper. So one thing that I sort of had in mind to ask you, Mace, was um, for the men that are listening that haven't maybe been introduced to the herbs before or might have seen it on Instagram or maybe their partner or someone in their lives have spoken about it, but they are like, I really resonate with this guy. I love this brand. Like I'm in where do we start? Like for the guys that are listening and there's nothing really specific, but they're like, okay, maybe I do want to build up my Shen and, you know, start to cultivate my kidney energy and that Jing. Where do you usually direct the dudes out there? Yeah. And and some guys will immediately go, oh, Shen, that's I all, you know, that Jing and, you know, everything that Jing entails, which is that, that, you know, that, uh, you know, it's it's you know, the kidneys governing the, the the bones, the marrow, the brain function, the lower you know the, the the lower back, the knees, and maybe maybe they and sexual function, sexual vigor, and they'll feel that entire energy. And some guys might be like, look, I'm just tired or exhausted, or I just want to recover better from the gym. So you just it's like don't try and go outside of where your actual needs are. I'd, I'd say, and whichever dimension you're in, all super valid. The easiest place for people is seriously to get on the Jing formula because the Jing formula is the base, the, the, the kidney, the, the kidney root, you know, like the root system of the entire body. Once the kidney water chi or once those Jing herbs, which are really highly um, 
clinically, let's just say talk from that, if someone's in more of a clinical mindset, proven to get those baseline um, hormonal and nervous system functions that are the, you know, are the basics for not going into exhaustion and having the ability to generate energy and have enough energy that you can recover, you know, well. So that's especially working on that HPA axis. And um, I'm just thinking what other what other areas um, and, and, and also... Like the reproductive like, function like, you know, as like well. Respiratory, like respiratory function, thing, you know, things like, you know, things like that. I would always just start at the Jing. It's so easy. Jing, the Jing herbs are so magical, and regardless yeah. of whether you do have a, um, a dysfunction going on there, whether you do have a deficiency going on there, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to hurt, but some, it's always good to test of whether that's a, that's a place that you're going to need to stay in, whether you don't realize maybe there's just like a little bit of a stealth exhaustion going on. And in that case, you'd get onto the gene formula and your body would go, Oh my God, give me more, 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 more. And I want it to like twice a day. I want more, you know, or you might just be like, go through a jar, like a hundred gram jar and be like, Oh yeah. Like I, I'm noticing some, you know, pretty good things. And you stay on it to the point where you go, oh, yeah, no, that's, that, that was pretty good. You can't hurt yourself, you know, but you get a feeling for the jing and then you can move on elsewhere. But so regardless, most people will need to experience the jing formula first and get that, get that experience and then just bringing, add mushrooms in. So whether you want to take capsules, you can take the mushroom mate or take the mason's mushrooms powder and you put that in the jing in like a little hot tea first thing in the morning or add it to your smoothie if you're doing a, you know, if you're doing a smoothie or Coffee, it's fine. Add it in there. Just find some way to add it in. The mushrooms are so magical. They're so they're like they're, they're so it's such, they're such protectors. They're and in the Western sense, they're so immunologically active and they're just so immunologically non-stimulating. Um, but they're just so activating and regulating. Just turning lights on through the immune system and getting just getting those little docks in the in the immune cells hit with that constituent and that goes through our digestive process and hits those immune receptors in a way that's like we're perfectly designed to receive them. And it's almost, you know, it's almost poetic in, the, in just how magically perfect these medicinal, medicinal mushrooms are activating our immune system. It's like we were meant to be together. And so <laughs> getting, getting onto them and, you know, like, let's say, it's like, but so how many thousands of years we have in the Taoists saying, they're just so good. There's no reason not to be on these, on yes, these tonic herbs, but on these medicinal mushrooms. And you know, like for them, it's a, a special focus on turkey tail, um, on, on reishi, on poria, and then you can, you know, they're all starting to emerge. The matakis, the shiitakes, they're so integrated, you know, into in, in, like into into Taoist diet. And as the, these tonic herbs were, those herbs are almost they were destined for the diet, but they. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't just a normal culinary herb. They have such special qualities that they were in a category called the superior herbs in the 2,000-year-old you know, Materia Medica that comes out, the first Materia Medica we have. All these herbs are listed. And so for that long, they've been telling us to be on medicinal mushrooms in order to preserve the body and make sure we don't age prematurely, to keep us light, to cultivate cheek and stay nice and light so that we can... Um, refine our shen and be the most beautiful expression of ourselves and integrate as much wisdom as possible so we can pass it on to the rest of humanity and to the earth. So between that and the fact that the research is so undeniable around how protective the medicinal mushrooms are and they're they're in terms of the anti-stress, and I don't like the anti-term, but let's just like it is an anti-stress herb in terms of there's nothing that it's not regulating. Mm. Every system is regulated by these mushrooms. They're, they're just, they're just, they're, they're wild cards. 
you don't know what it's going to do. And you don't know what pathogens it, that, you know, are mm. sitting there or invasions are sitting there. Mm. Or maybe it's just an opening in one of the aspects of your immune, of your, um, of yourself immunologically, or say an opening of, you know, like a, um, an aspect of your, um, your protective chi layer, you know, perhaps it's your wee chi, perhaps it's a particular organ system, which is lacking the ability to protect yourself. Nothing's gone in and invaded yet, but you're using jing and resources in order to protect yourself rather than that layer doing its job of that organ doing its job mm. and then you get that little you get that little tweak because they're just uh, they're all over the place they're such mm. they're, they're the protectors and we're so under stress that it's that it's not enough to just use them in a protocol to mm. get your immune markers up mm. it's like we are going through such an intense 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 stage of evolution right now with so much stimulus that it's one of the ultimate allies to get mushrooms in your family's diet Add it to the spag bowl. Add it to the soup. It doesn't matter. Trojan horse. Trojan get horse it. yourself. <laughs> get it everywhere. There's no reason oh, not to. They are so incredible. So the jing herbs, or maybe even just the mushrooms. Maybe just getting onto some, like a mushroom blend and checking it out that way is a is a good way to go. But for the guys as well, maybe you maybe you're like, I just want like I want to feel my yang. I want to feel that like performative. You know that that. That I want to feel the aggression and so that I can channel it and use it, you know, conscientiously and master it like a sword. All right, we'll get on, you know, maybe you can enter into a little bit of um, cordyceps and feel the cordyceps balance out the yin and yang of the kidneys while just bringing through that stamina and that athleticism. And this is for everyone. But, you know, this is like for, for the men listening, that's a beautiful one. You can start to feel what comes about through taking cordyceps. Eucomia bark is a, the primary yang herb and the first herb put in that 2,000-year-old Shendong Ben Jing Materia Medica, the, the very first herb is Eucomia bark. Wow. It is the primary yang herb. Dujong is the most badass herb. And for men, I mean, like, it is, it's it's like the, the level that it does, you think it's, everyone knows it for, you know, regulating and strengthening bones. And that's in every bone. It and, looks you know, like a snake skin, right? And then, when you say the, it. It's, the, the, the experience of yang that, that emerges, you start to develop a relationship with what that yang is and it's got all the fertility benefits and all the energizing benefits. And then if you want to go even further, you're like, no, but I really want to feel, like I want to feel my sexual vigor. Um, and so I can, you know, maybe the guys listening are wanting to, you know, work with it. Maybe they're working in like going into like the, you know, the Taoist arts and you might not be going fully into um, tantric, kind of the tantric elements or you might not be going fully into um into semen retention or anything like that, but you know you're starting being aware of the jing that it generates. You know that, that you you need to um, that pours into the creation of semen, or you can feel the charge of your um, your libido and your sexuality and your sexual practice with yourself or your lover, and you're like, oh, I just want to be aware of that, and then that's one of the beautiful tools you can bring: cordyceps, eucalyptus, or deer antler velvet, and really feel that energy dear antler velvet maybe you only need a smidge you only need like a quarter teaspoon or an eighth of a teaspoon and a lot of guys start going like oh my god it feels so good and i'll take a half a teaspoon and then they're like too much and they're like too much <laughs> well so you just you, you back it off but what you what the tonic herbs are there they in the, to start they're getting you a result so that you're like okay these aren't mucking around these mm. work you need your mind and your soul and your heart to realize that then there's that other realm and you don't have to live in either or you kind of oscillate between them. That's the yin and yang of your tonic herbal practice. Sometimes you're like, give me something and I need something and they have to do that. And the other side is like, I'm working with them so that I can gain a relationship with the energy that's been cultivated here. So I can gain mastery with it. And one of those is your libido and your sexual vigor. 
and, and under, when, when you've got so much yang and maybe you're going previously your only relationship with it is I just need to get rid of it so I go and get rid of it in a, um, with exercise or I get rid of rid of it by masturbating or I get rid of it by you know like you know just like like having quickies or just having you know having you know whatever it is and then you go that's another, that's another aspect that guys might want to be working with and you know just like just being aware of what you do with that gang that's generated what's an appropriate amount that you want to be generating as well that's the yeah that's probably for the guys listening can you talk to the alchemy center then like for men in terms of like that creation center um and then like i guess talking about the certain herbs that help like you were saying then euconium and what was the other one that you your deer antler deer antler velvet and just yeah. so men can understand like what their alchemy center is i mean we have three alchemy centers yeah, I mean, it's how deep do we go? How long is a piece of screen when we go into the alchemy and the, you know, we start looking at the, the Dantians and we, all right, let's think through with it. I like, I like this. Let's, let's, let's stumble and feel what the best entry point is in terms of how that alchemy happens. And I've just, I've been thinking about it a lot. I mean, it's something that's come up with masculinity. There's been a lot about toxic masculinity. And I think, especially this community, we're getting to that point, even the, like hearing this season theme that you're talking about in terms of everyone, the general awareness of going, you know, masculinity isn't bad. And then going, why did we even have to say that? Why did you even have to say masculinity was bad? And then coming to arriving to this point of non, you know, like you don't have to be in your mind anymore, judging of is it good or is it bad or what's a bad one or what's a good one. It's just like, that's a pretty it's good. It's, a, it's been a really quality place to be, but it's pretty poor quality questions to be you know, going, going forward. And so then all the psychological people, the psychology people are coming in at the moment and they're kind of pointing out from their space what healthy male psychology looks like and especially in the sense of when you do embody it and you embody just you stop wasting your, your desire, you stop wasting your passion, you stop wasting your, your, your uh, you know, your libido and you, you stop wasting your sexual vigor and, you know, the, the power that you, you generate when you start thinking about mm, how am I using this erection or how am I using you know, this semen? And there's no right or wrong there. I don't want people to think that I'm going to tell them to go into this, like, you know, idealistic Taoist semen retention kind of, you know, kind of thing. Cause that's, you know, even you need to gain your own relationship there, but the psychological thing now was the moment is like you want to become a, like a dangerous, you want to be dangerous and you want to be, have the capacity to be aggressive and, you know, be whatever, a warrior. But then you want to have such control of that. You want to have complete mastery over that aggression and complete mastery over yourself so that you can choose kindness and you can choose that path of like the peaceful warrior. And so all of that's there and all of that's written. And so that's like, that is, that seems to be, the, the the hero's journey for for men and what's going on at the moment is which is it's but it's it's all written in the stars and written in your body and you know but like if you just ensure that you ah, it's it's like because it's so complicated as you know and I don't think I've really gotten to the point where because I've heard I've been there for for fifteen years I've been in this world hearing men talk about men's alchemy. And mapping out exactly how to do it, and it hasn't always been that relevant in the moment, and it just creates an idealism of how I use my dantians and how I, you know, use my qigong practice or 
the you know the um the, the semen retention or you know like self maybe you know experiencing like a self pleasuring for the first time for like you know going because, like 20 minutes yeah yeah I think it's also too, I guess it's like for the males that haven't really kind of been in this world before in terms of like sparking that real kind of like, you know, I guess, and that's the magic of your herbs because it does start off subtly and then it gives you a sense of embodiment and that initiation and integration. Um, But I guess it's like talking to the men about their alchemy centre of like what that really, what that really means, right, for for a man. Mm. On, on that, just just finishing on what I was what I was mentioning there, like a simple practice around, say, you know, having you know having your your, your self pleasure. Like this is probably one of the the, the biggest things that's going to blow you know blow the lid off for for many guys. Is going if you generate the, you know if you get onto some herbs, like you know even like it doesn't have to be these male herbs. You get onto herbs like that are restoring your essence, like shizandra. You know, like you know getting getting your getting that liver flowing. Getting the you know getting the begin fluids generated and then you get onto homeo bark and and duratno so you start feeling life being restored and then you sleep mm-hmm. a little bit better and then you um and then you're getting some you know you're right you you come and you get up with the sun and you get a little sweat on in the morning because men are men are chi based um, organisms and so we run more on the twenty four hour chi cycle with the sun rather than women being work more with their menstrual flow with the moon flow um, however. When, when that happens, then you start feeling life coming coming about and then that you feel your gene coming forward and then that association is like your your sexual desire and your sexual capacity and, you know, you start seeing some movements happening with, if there's erectile dysfunction or um, or premature ejaculation, all of these places are the place to start. So that's where the alchemy is going to start for a lot of men there is thinking about those things and not having an idealism, not, you know, not like not really not being idealistic, just working with what you've got and where you're at in that point. But, you know, it can be as simple as taking those herbs and then a way to, rather than just going into, you know, say a Qigong practice, which is doing the, um, the microcosmic orbit, which is something I would recommend is so that you can feel that energy coming from, from your cock and from, you know, from your, from that, from that sexual center and moving through the spine and you sip it up through through your spine and you feel that come down through the crown and you know through the through the tongue touching the top of the head and down through and then into your heart your lower dantian and just like two inches down and in from the belly button you can feel that cauldron catching and refining and whole you don't you don't need to really be there what's what, what what's more that's where you will get a lot of the time but what's useful is just sitting and it's like really going like 20 minutes slowly touching yourself without, you know, and masturbating without any, obviously with no, you know, with, with nothing stimulating you other than yourself, touching different parts of your body, feeling what that yang is and feeling what that, what it is that has you desiring. And then you sit there with 20 minutes, for 20 minutes touching yourself, just like pleasuring yourself, going through your thought process, thinking, and then afterwards sitting there with, Sitting up with your hands on your lower dantian, just below your belly button, and just breathe from that lower, from that spot, from that cauldron, from that from that reservoir of energy, and just feeling feel what's occurring, and then see if you can slowly cultivate a new dynamic, multi-dimensional relationship with what that what that urge is to to come, and what that urge is to go and get some or, you know, whatever it is, or release your energy. And that's, that's probably, that's the place where alchemy for me begins a lot, a lot of the time. And 
even it's a, it's a real basic practice that even the most you know like whoever if you've been on this path for you know years or decades it's always a place to return to even it doesn't have to be 20 minutes or anything like that but you can you know this is the most fundamental aspect and the most one of the most real aspects and real primordial urges and it's um you know and it is based within your jing and your kidneys and if you don't have a relationship with the reality of who you are as a man as a chi-based being i don't mean man in terms of like you know you not going into the gender stuff that's going on i just mean that concept what is it you get to have your own real deep relationship there is a there is a and that's something that all men have explored and have their own relationship with and it's probably it's a starting point so, you know, that's, that's where alchemy can get derailed when you, you know, you can start to feel what that, you know, that negative or subconscious relationship you have with your cock or with your heart on, or with your desire for, for sex or, you know, you, you know, why, like whatever it is, it will slowly come up and, and then you have your meditation practice or maybe you've got therapy to work with it. But the whole point of working with the yang herbs to begin with is giving you the, you know, like back in the day when I used to run the markets, the girlfriends would like be like, you know, dragging their boyfriends and be like, oh, he's really cool. And, you know, just and I, and I chat and I'd have empathy for them. And I'm like, you know, I'm some tripper, you know, hippie with my man bun. And, you know, I, I was like, oh, and you know, this Hippie weird heads. shop with all these things. And I'm, and then, so I talk really colloquially and, um, and I just kind of throw little aspects of, you know, we start with Jing and there's little signs around like, you know, whether, you know, the directions or, you know, just like, you know, like how long we're lasting. Or these are little things that are just like little clues that maybe we can like work on our Jing. And then it's really easy for us to look at the Jing herbs and a couple of other things. It's pretty simple to like patch that up. And so because you're not going to get anywhere, you know, with your mind or anything unless you look at that to begin with it's not otherwise you go through the process of bypassing the body completely and then you only have the capacity to work from your shen or your mind or your your psychology and it takes a lot to just shift the mind if you're not doing it in alignment with the body as well so you might as well do it all at the same time in harmony and so that's when um they'd go away and then 10 minutes later the guys would be like (laughs) so you think you know you think I really should be able to, like, you know, have you know, spontaneous you know, erections? You think I really should, you know, should you know, be able to have that that baseline function? I'd kind of like say, like, this is baseline function, and I'd be like, oh yeah, like not an idealism, but you know, it is a good sign. And they're like, yeah, I'm I'm not getting hard erections, and you know, I, my my desire is not there, or my de- my desire is out of control. I can't stop. You know, I just and they'll be like, oh man, it's so glad. Like I can't believe you even have that awareness. Like most people don't have that awareness, and that was, that was a very genuine, you know, like acknowledgement mm-hmm. for me because I know how much it takes. You know, a lot of these guys were like blokey blokes, you know, as well, and I. That's why I really like, you know, I really like working with blokey blokes, and I, I don't like the stigma that people put onto blokey blokes and think that they're not having these experiences and feelings. Totally. And that's why it's beautiful talking to you here, and you're asking about men who might maybe haven't heard about this yet. And I want to, I don't want it to have it in bullshit mm. Taoist and tantric and like, you know, it's all about this and that. It's like yeah. super, super approachable and something. And then we can have fun conversations about Taoism and alchemy and all that again as well, because that's real. But the, that awareness that it's not, not to say it's right or wrong, but it's not good enough to not be getting healthy erections and it's mm. I, and it, it, like and I'm, I'm not going to say you always have to be having perfect sex or you have to be able to be perfectly vulnerable all the time about how you're relating to your 
cock or you, you know if there's something going on with premature ejaculation we're looking at decades and decades and decades it's going to oscillate it's going to go out of you know it's going to have varying degrees but you know it needs to be a lever or a variable or in a business kind of sense it needs to be like a kpi or it needs to be an aspect <laughs> that you are aware of over the decades and make sure it doesn't get lost because it can run away from you very fast and if your libido is running away from you and you don't have a capacity to interact with that and then take that you know that that libido or that relationship with that fundamental alchemical energy and then you know and then conscientiously take that to your partner to your lovers or to you know you know to your own self pleasure practice you really you're missing out on the one of the ultimate um doorways to alchemical living that opens up a whole array of capacity for experiencing universal love or a rad life i don't care how you know how we put it so it's unacceptable to be ignored as a as a culture and men need to ensure not in a judgmental way but in like join us over here in the wellness community where no one ever has any problems with their cock it's like it's none of that <laughs> yeah, that doesn't real... exist does it? <laughs> <laughs> because those people are annoying and then you want people who are like oh my god i'm going to now like tantric this and that is my life and you know and i'm going to become a coach in it and rather than i'm just like shut up yeah and it's like you know, yeah yeah good Let's but get like, to the real business yeah. totally yeah. and then it makes like, some guys go what like yeah. I, it's too much it's not yeah it's not real no it's not relatable let's just have the real right. conversation let's just be relatable stop, right? stop yeah. talking in wispy tones and stop closing <laughs> your eyes so much when you're talking to me <laughs> fucking connect with me yes, yes. Like, like that's like yeah. that's it's like yeah that's like that's it's something it, it, it doesn't need to be everything is it important yeah for some guys are you going to get absolutely knocked off your feet and blown away with what happens when you connect with this energy and when it is restored yeah but that's the nature of that concept and so with Taoism you know Buddhism where the chop would carry water have that realization get that experience have that pop of enlightenment know that life's never going to be the same you're transformed forever and then boom drop it keep on going keep on going with life chop wood carry water move on don't let it become an identity have you Mays, ever thought about speaking to boys at schools? I feel like I, my mind is just blown at the moment and I feel like like you're just you have so much wisdom and there's so much wisdom to share and I think I wish young boys or you know young men get to learn about this cuz like you said we can be over here in our little wellness bubble being like it's all good over here but if we're carrying on like the next generations that you know, collectively and culturally, these conversations are being missed. And I think like we've spoken before about like sex ed in schools and health class, like it's like pop on, you know, a condom on a banana and this is what an STI looks like. Don't talk about anything else. And Um, we're so far removed because the next generation are like PS5s and on their phones and so just disconnected from nature Mm. and then completely just disconnected from themselves. So how do you even cultivate a healthy relationship and then you, with yourself, right? And your cock. Yeah. Because then you see these, you know, these culty, you know. And then porn on top of that, right? So it's just, yeah. Popping up in these guys, you know, marrying their sex dolls. I or, like Tate, that, well, yeah. Andrew Tate, I think, at the moment. It's just so, well, that is toxic. But let's not even go there. Yeah. I mean, it's volcanic at the moment. Yeah. Sex education's volcanic. Um, you know, over over in the states, the extremism that's going on on both sides of the fence is insane. And I mean, it's interesting you bring it up. I think about it a lot. And I did have like I went and spoke, not about this specifically, but I went and spoke at a youth centre. Um, some troubled boys, like it was, it was probably a while ago, 
quite a while ago. Anyway, then I was ironically at the pub watching State of Origin and all the boys came and a couple of the boys came over to me and they remembered me and it was all funny and larky and, you know, they were like, you know, and then one of them came over and was like, oh, you know, dude, like, you know, those things you said about, you know, but I was just talking about, you know, I think I was, I don't know, talking about nature and, you know, talking a little bit about kidneys and, you know, just a few little, few little things going forward, make sure you got a couple of North Stars in order to make sure they don't get dysfunction. He's like, oh, yeah, I realised I was, like, getting really exhausted and Pop was doing this to me and it really helped me get late. So, but in, in the, the thing I like about the work that I get to do and holding a central place where, you know, that we can have, I can have, like, I've had similar conversations around, I don't know, it's like menopause. And I've had, you know, like, and I've had people come up to me and, and say, do you think you, you should be, you can go and speak and, you know, about, about menopause more I've had like, you know, like an array of women who were like getting to the point where they were suicidal through their symptoms and just making a few little, talking to them about a few little tweaks and getting them onto some gene herbs and blood building herbs and them having that, that transformative experience and not experiencing those. But that's like what I like. That's that, that's the scallywag. I like the energy of Taoism is it's, it's a central place that's relatable to every single thing that's, going on and it's just a decentralization i have these conversations hopefully across the board and stay in a central place that doesn't go into specialization and then mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm, i get to you know i get inspired by people who are specializing in things like sex ed and i can get to have conversations with them which i have and then hopefully i'm, I'm inspiring a few other people that are going out and doing that and like the mycelial network it spreads and there's a basic wisdom that then forms into some specialization as we go along and that's how so I see it and I think, you know, I'm talking to dads, you know, I talk to a lot of dads about these kinds of things and, you know, like I think that's, I, I do, you know, the podcast, I kind of like, I just, I just keep on, I just, I've got two, I, I'm focusing on, if I just keep on focusing on myself, I think I keep, I keep on getting more and more approachable and better at, um, about how, in, in how I communicate about these things and I get to learn from people and, you know, bring that, I, I, I need to bring that conversation to my son who, you know, first mm-hmm. before I go out and do that. And then, mm-hmm. but I know that a lot of my conversations are inspiring a lot of other guys to do their own work. So that, that all of that sexual education, it's not a product they go and take to schools, but it's something that they've embodied and naturally passes on by osmosis to their sons or to the people that are in their surroundings, because that's when the true learning is done, not in a program, but through natural, um, you know, like energetic and experiential crossover because you've walked the walk and you talk the talk because you've actually done it and embodied it, which is really hard. And it's a really hard for people to, to get there. That's what we were talking about. And not that I don't think that sexual education programs who are being expertly created and crafted, but you can watch the people that they're emerging because they've had a lifetime of doing this work and they've gone into their backyard and picked up all the pieces of shit and they've done the deep excavation for who they really are versus putting on, you know, stupid Ikea furniture into the backyard and going, look how awesome I am and look at it, you know, look at that Queensland, you know, that's me, you know, such a chill person. And I'm like, no, you're not. Knock that down and excavate for who you really are underneath. And then you see those programs emerge rather than the people a lot of the time are going, oh, my God, we need to take this into the schools quickly. And they go and create programs and they get ahead and it's good, it's effective, but you can see those people are still on a path of integration and they're having those conversations but it doesn't actually have weight, it doesn't have patience. It's uh, looking into the future and going, I'm going to solve this problem versus going, ah, you know, I think you should go and, you know, okay. deal with your own shit or apprentice or something. Everyone becomes a two-minute noodle expert too quickly these days, which I would be if I tried to get into sexual education for young boys, yeah. I would be a two-minute noodle. 
<laughs> we didn't know. I don't think so. No. no, I mean, the thing is, you're in the practice, right? You are in the practice daily. And I mean, yeah, coming into. But I think the key is my focus is I know. on I know me and my. Like, yeah. I can, I'm, my will isn't pointing me in yeah, that, that direction. No. It's not charming. Which is the distinction. Yes. yes. And maybe then that's a nice little segue <laughs> into because we did want to know and yeah. your personal um, practices and how that sort of evolved then over the years with, you know, having little bebes and how that sort of looks like for you. So much has happened. It's been insane the last, like, five to six years. Like, I can't, I, can, I honestly can't believe it and I think it is it's a combination of things like I never turned away from the fight of of going like best life ever I'm gonna get it mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna like that is where I start and, and therefore that brought up all my shit really really quickly so that I had to process it in order to get to a place where I was free to go forward smoothly and envision, um, create the life that I wanted. So this, I think I've done more in this last few years, especially having a five-year-old and now got a four-month-old, um, five-year-old girl, four-month-old boy, adding that onto it at the same time. Um, yeah, gosh, I mean, even just thinking about what, what that's been like and what my practice has been like. I think I went through that classic thing where I thought I'd figured it out in my twenties and I had my identity in the 20, in my twenties, you know, that was quite becoming prominent enough in the little niche wellness circle and doing, you know, lots of talks and feeling really experty and started kind of falling for my stage persona a little bit. I guess people were getting it on Instagram persona, but for me, it was really that stage personality and that person of, the authority within the community and I was getting, and it started spinning out of control and you know, I didn't have my boundaries or awareness up in terms of when, what's my purview, what is an appropriate thing to approach me about and what's not. And, um, and I just kept on going a bit too hard and I kind of lost myself in that, in, in that wellness world of my desire to, you know, I don't know, find an identity for myself, blah, 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 blah. So I just I really, my thirties, especially since having Aya has been in disassociate, oh, you know, just kind of evolving, come, come a little bit more home to myself. So that has been for me having super feast and having that's kind of been my practice has been super feast and staying in the same place and not running off as it, when it got boring, running off, you know, doing the Peter Pan thing to find something more interesting mm-hmm. just because it's asking me to stay in the same position, be methodical, take responsibility realize that it's not all about, you know, the rules don't apply to you, you know, you're, you're kind of like, and I, I've got a lot of natural ability that I can get by on the, like, the rules don't apply for me, I'm going to do it different and dynamically just because, like, when you land in that place of, you know, commonality, which there's always going to be a common place you know, logically with, you know, whether it's business or just life itself, you know, I just, I just, I don't know, it was just something that I, I find really difficult to do. So Super Beast has been really good. That's been the good practice with me, just, like, just mm. staying, staying in it. Yeah. learning what I need to do about, I don't know, just doing the hard work, you know, just like just there's been so many, if I've Shop stayed wood. here, it's not <laughs> away. So all of my things about being the nice guy or, you know, you know, just not, you know, like being scared of judgment externally if I make this move, but the, the business needs me to make that move. So it may, it, you know, I sit there for a year ignoring it and then things rupture and I see, 
firsthand feedback of what's going to happen if I let my psychological bullshit get in the way of what I've been put in, you know, put in, um, in, you know, the seat of in terms of like, you know, am I going to ignore the purpose of my role here at Superfeast and, 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 and then do what I can't, I can't control my psychology. And so I do a poor job in that role and it's like because the role is not me the role is ceo and that has the purpose and on behalf of the business that has a purpose yeah. in um and a mission to you know to to um annihilate degenerative disease to a certain extent and support that help people cultivate shem and to keep people on that tonic herbal path mm-hmm. and so that it, it's i find like it's really that's really supported me to understand the difference between me and my wants and my psychology first what's best for the role and what's best for them for the business and get into that into that into that place and um so that's been my last four years that's been my major practice um i've i'm getting i'm 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 getting such beautiful landing in in myself without with far less qigong far less meditation far less breath work um still taking tonic herbs but you know the the beautiful thing was i went through that phase of extreme getting into this and transforming my whole lifestyle the years and years and years and you know and and then becoming known for it um for for doing that and then going cool i'm going to get out of the limelight for a little bit because it's i can see i'm spinning out of control i had a few mentors um who and people who of notoriety in the wellness space who were those high-flying shamanic educators that would just look like they were living these incredible lives and i just got such a look into the future behind the curtains of what happens when those you know when those people are just using that lifestyle as a reason to stay in a false identity and escape who they really are and do the hard work and i was like not willing to do it especially when i have you know a family and i've got other family obligations with my you know with um, things going on with my mother and you know my dad at the time he passed away a year ago and i was just saying the weight of staying in in front of my community and my customers and seeing the weight of how much you know they they needed me to be showing up and you know and communicating in a way that was really clear that didn't create false hope and we created a you know we was really able to communicate at scale how to integrate with these herbs because the herbs are coming in thick and fast and they're like i want to get out there i've got a i've got a ceiling on terms of how fast i can grow because we sourced the dao in alignment with Taoist philosophy um so I can only grow so fast, but these herbs are coming in. You can feel them. As long as I, I can maintain my relationship, my visceral relationship with these herbs, and as long as I stick to a particular standard and there's a particular reverence um, and I need the business to operate in a certain way and people to behave in a certain way in order for that virtuous of reverence to be expressed from the business, and that includes my behaviour. And so as the business grows, it's, it's, it's requiring me to evolve if I'm going to be the right person to sit in that seat of CEO and I am the right person yeah. and I am going to stay in that dojo. So that's where I've been. And I have, you know, this is like, you know, probably the most unhealthy I've been over, over the last five years. And it's been the most brilliant. I've learned the most stuff. I've, I've, I'm, I've, I'm not as rejecty as things that I was in the past. I'm not as like, you know, fighting the system as I was. And there's a particular freedom and I feel more armed to contribute to the, to, you know, my, my family and my community in the world than ever so yeah it's where i'm kind of at Mm. it's huge right it's such a big process to go through whilst being a ceo but i guess like you said it's showing up every day and that's doing the work and being true to yourself and knowing that you know it's not always rainbows and unicorns that it is that to get through 
the next evolution of consciousness of self and and, evol- and evolving as a human, as well as that it is it's hard. It is hard. It is messy and it requires a lot. Like you do, you've got to do the work, and that. Yeah. And that's what the herb, that's what the herbs are here for. Yeah. Those times they're not there for the sunshine and rainbows, and that's what everyone did there in the beginning when people are taking reishi and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm like experiencing my infinite self," and they have these awakenings because you know reishi has the particular, which is you know, lovely, uh, right? Which is great that lovely. it has that little spark. It creates that like awakening because yeah. everyone has an awakening, right? And so sometimes it's that you get that beautiful positive awakening, and then yeah. it's like shit hits the fan. <laughs> And so yeah, it's like, it's give nice. me the tonics <laughs> for those moments. Oh, like I'm just well, yeah. that's, that's the difference there. That's right. It's nice for those times. It's nice when when I open up and I'm in a spacious time and I go in and take the herbs and I'm like, oh, these herbs are amazing. But when I really like the herbs is when I'm I'm like I'm on the field and I'm going hard and I'm you know it's like and it's kind of like when it's 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 hard to do those are the times when it's getting really stressful and really hardcore as you you lose all of your practices and so for me the taking the herbs was the one yeah i was like like for me the herbs is the easiest one to continue to be like to be on the battlefield with me but it's also you know this is like it's that that little practice you know for me that real that that little bit of like shaman stretching practice you know it was able to maintain to ensure that i while I was on the battlefield that I didn't lose my physicality. So it's just about like you go hard and when the inspiration strikes and you embody like say the herbalism or a particular practice into into your lifestyle and you become so familiar with it that when you go into the battlefield and at that point it's like you're just so on, it's almost unreasonable to try and start anything new. So you're going to rely on the skills that you've embodied during those times when you did have space. Mm-hmm. And it's really important distinction to just use the tools you've got and be like, Let's be real. I don't have the space to go and learn how to practice Qigong right now. What do I know? I know yin yoga and I know reishi. Okay, yes, cool. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, stick Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> so true. Mm. Yeah, otherwise you can get into that place of overwhelm and, like, not I got to do anything do at all. all the things. So then you're like, oh, it's all too hard basket. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <sighs> not good. Not good to overwhelm your body Jim when you're already got me through COVID. Literally, mm. it was just so in, like, depleted. Like, years. couldn't didn't do anything. Practices just went out the window. As completely, in, like, like meditation, everything, and it was just seeing yeah. client after client, and it was the Jing that just literally held the fort for me. And I was so grateful because that was like part of my ritual practice. Mm. Oh, such a good friend. So, oh. Oh, and you mentioned, I think, um, you, but you mentioned earlier the, the two years, like for my, uh, the last two years, you know, for me to survive, the one thing I did, the reason I went through a lot of this is because I originally wanted to be in comedy. That was the only thing in my, oh. um, in my, um, high school interview. They said, what, what my career advisor was like, what do you want to go into? And I was like, the only thing I can think of is comedy. And I wasn't particularly funny. I was funny in my, group of friends but they were like yeah get real and, <laughs> um, and so I and I and then I went into being a serious very serious you know health educator and you know and I was like oh this is and the humor was like really oh it's just icky and I was like I need to go back and integrate with that and and that's when two years ago in order for me to survive and go in and, you know into this I needed to get back into comedy and I started doing a little bit on Instagram and then I went and started a bit of stand-up comedy and that's what I'm doing now that's what I had to do to in order to write write the ship and come a little bit more home to myself and balance out you know 
the ridiculous because when you when you when you're in the West and you're having these conversations and you have these when I have the you know when I have for me the understanding of the energetic realms and the realms of alchemy and what's possible things like you know looking at where the you know the the, the conversations and awareness around semen retention or the the multidimensional realities of the, you know the traveling through dimensions that that occurs with Taoist practice and you know the, all these things that you know the, the, it's just it's so easy to blast off and mm. and it, like and, and I was blasting off and it was almost too much so I needed something to really anchor me into reality which is a lot of the time going to the pub with mates is what people do to anchor into reality and I, it's like okay it's not that so for me I had to go back I do I know everyone's got an anchor everyone's got the perfect dynamic if you go and actually follow your interests and your passions and maybe it doesn't have to become a career maybe it's just something there and that's why I like excavating in the past to be like why did you leave that and that's where the herbs are nice to go back and do that excavation piece and I did that and I realized oh my god i that's a part of me that I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know where it's going to be, but that's where I'm exploring. And that's allowed me to then funnel myself into my work harder and, you know, harder and faster and being a CEO and being a, being a father and, you know, and a friend and all those kinds of things. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Amazing. Such wisdom. Yeah. Thank you. Um, It's going to spark. It just sparks like people to be a little bit more curious as well. Mm. Right. And for themselves. Yeah. You got to watch out this because all of a sudden your, you know, awareness of your, you know, that golden palace of your destiny at moments, that's like the peak experiences that you get, you know, it's like when people go and have a nice big plant medicine journey or, you know, they make a dose reishi and the meditation happens and you start having that awareness of what's possible and blah, 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 blah. And you have that peak experience, which we all know. The, the, The one thing that a lot, maybe a lot of people listen to this, that they've become a little bit resigned to that peak experience and they're like never happen or maybe it's the wellness community they became resigned with or the yoga community or their own ill attempts to kind of get it but then you got to remember you, you you have no choice you know you, you've experienced it and you have you you you, you honor it and pick it up at a sustainable at a sustainable rate and you mm-hmm. move towards your destiny because you're being dragged towards it anyway and yeah. so just that's a little bit reminder to just like stop stop and we're in perfect um liver season right now to stop and take stock Okay, what what what's the vision again? What's the you know what's the whether it's creative or what's the very practical vision? I can you know that I that I've I've seen you know because the little horn when you sleep travels is you know travels through the universe and can get the biggest bird's eye view of what your destiny and vision is for life. Um, and it and it's up to you to plan and um and 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 move forward and see how that materializes. So, but it's a but it's a it's a like the one want to use energetic. But it's a feeling, you know. It's a it's a it's a feeling of, of where where you need to move. And once you get over to the kidney, I'm sorry, to the spleen, your spleen will have a have a little look at what you've created and get grounded in the reality and have a feel of whether this actually is practically moving us forward towards what we feel and see as our destiny. Which might just be like, oh, that'd be nice to be there when I'm older. That's how practical it can it can be. But we're at that period, and like a general, like an army, you need to go like, all right, come on, pull up your, you know, put your big girl boy pants on and have a look around and just take stock. Okay, why did you fall on your face? Because you you took too much on. You're not respecting the fact that you have three kids right now. You didn't actually look at your your energy levels and how many hours you have in the day and make a practical decision. So the campaign got way too ambitious. And for some people, shooting for the stars and landing on the moon's good. For you, it's not. And you need to have real down-the-line conversations with yourself and be like, now, what is possible for this campaign this year? Because 
we're moving towards our destiny or we're moving towards what's awesome. And it's, you're not, you might not get much done, but my God, we're going to intentionally move towards it. And then next year, we're going to have another reevaluation. And so those peak experiences that we've had, or maybe people are yet to have or having right now, you know, maybe you have that, you know, maybe, maybe guys listening to go and have one of those experience, you know, first time having a real full body experience when they're, you know, when they're self pleasuring and they, feel the ecstatic pleasure in their body without coming in you know, and just that, and that, that anticipation and that build up and the body becomes alive. And it's like, oh, you know, but you face that possibility when you embrace yourself and you embrace your sexuality and you realize there's nothing wrong or bad, or there's nothing but you and your relationship. It's like, oh, it's like, it can be ecstatic. And then, you know, it's like, oh, is that the expectation of what it feels like every single time? No, it's, it's going, yes, you can have multiple of those, but you don't want multiple of those. You, like, you let it be a peak experience or it might continue to be ecstatic for a few months and then maybe it'll integrate and become a little bit more normal, which you want it to be. And, but then you, allow that energy to um to to become embodied and then you know it's the same with meditation and plant medicine peak experiences and visions of where you see yourself creating a community and living on land with all these kinds of people you need to just make sure that you're uh, yeah you gotta be you gotta, you gotta watch out you're not chasing the peak but you're integrating it and then getting ready to get your hands dirty and plan appropriately and move towards that destiny Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a great reminder. You just sum that also, up. for so us too, I feel like you're hitting Same. home. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Oh, that was. Um, so many aha moments in, right? Yeah. Going, yes, that's right. Take stock. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thanks for that. And I love the way you just weaved in the wisdom too of all the organ bodies as well. Mm. Um, yeah, that was yeah. great. Um, so I feel like we're coming towards the end of this amazing, expansive, beautiful chat. And one way that we like to finish on, and I feel like you have touched on this, but a question that we like to ask is if you had a magic little wand and we could weave that magic and tomorrow you could wake up and this was the world through Mason's eyes, what ideally would that look like for you? And it doesn't have to be you know, all of a sudden everything's changed. But if, yeah, essentially what's your, like, ideal world? Like, I know it's a bit of a big, big way to it's end. It's a good one. It's as a long as everyone doesn't mind being awkward in awkward contemplation <laughs> for a, <laughs> no, a little bit because um, it's, I don't know why, uh, was just thinking, and if you've read Jitterbug Perfume, but I'm rereading it. Nice. At the moment, and it's a beautiful book. It has themes of immortality, and oh. um, I won't actually ruin it. I won't actually go into it, but it, it has themes of how it has themes of what's occurring and where people's focus are as we move through mm-hmm. paganism and particular gods like Pan and what happens with them as um, as energy gets put into christian gods and 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 jesus and so on and so forth and what happens to pan as that as that happens and where where belief gets pointed um and therefore what happens to the manifestation of those gods and so on and so forth and every time i read it it's like um it makes me a lot more comfortable with um where where we're at in in the world um in terms Mm. of tomorrow yeah keeping with keeping with the theme if I had a magical wand, seriously, I, like, I, I, I really, I used to be really uncomfortable a few years ago. I'm, like, I'm just going to point it at myself because it's the only thing I can really feel like I've got. 
a lot of control on, at the moment, and I don't have a magical one. I think the most relevant thing is that Mason <laughs> would would um, wake up and um, feel a little bit more of oh gosh, this is so selfish, but feel a little bit more of the aliveness of um, of the morning, the morning sun, and re-engage with that morning sun because that's going to give me like I, that's, that's something I've, I can't. I'm, I'm miss. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a relationship with the, at the moment. I'm kind of missing my relationship with the, the morning sun. And I think. Mm. I don't, and I don't want to assume that. I want to change anything else for anyone else's journey right now. Because mm. I think everyone's doing pretty good, even though it's harrowing and shit, and there's extreme things going on. And I want to change it because, I think people need to be low hanging fruit, and people need to get swallowed up into different ideologies and go through that harrowing journey of learning mm. what it's like to find your own interesting self rather than being a boring sheep following other ideologies. Um, I need to do it in certain areas and I am going, I have certain mm. ideologies I'm moving through and challenging myself at the moment. And I want to, but yeah, that's for me. I wouldn't mind a little, a little, a little, I think, I think things would transform for me, even though I've got a four month old and it's really hard. If I got up and no matter what was just like, bang on, I'm going to my practice in this morning and sun. I'm going to get there. But yeah. I want my little magic kick up the ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But I guess, and that's part of having children, like, learn, like these are the practices to have. And, you know, they might not happen every day or, you know, there might not be the consistency with them because there's a fluctuations of time and responsibilities. But if that has been your grounded practice and that's your altar to be able to have that to come back to and, it's like that reciprocity of, okay, I'm going to water this plant, but it's watered me for this long. And it's kind of that, yeah, something to come back to. So, those... you know, you know, the other one, I mean, just cause I'm so feeling in, you know, the, this, this land that, that we're on, like the, the magical, like the waking up and having like magically feeling that there's like a fast forward towards, um, a un- like a union and a treaty with mob, um, and a re- an integration of indigenous law into the way that our, and, and, and an appropriate, nice, you know, nice in its own time, but going fast forward into the point where we're ready and the karmic debt has been paid or the karmic processing has been, you know, that we need to go through in order to get to that point where there's, where there's a treaty and that law mm. starts integrating throughout, permeating society and it can be felt so that we can, you know, there be on, you know, on country again mm. as, as, like, as, as strange. I wouldn't, that, 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 that has some significance. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And coming back to that medicine too of, you know, the Indigenous cultures and Mm. the wisdom, you know, that we're learning and still have so much more to learn from. That this land holds, right? Mm. All this wisdom. Mm. There's so much wisdom for the land to teach us. And coming back to those practices, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all discovering it. We're going through yeah. the awkward integration of a lot of, you know, of, of <laughs> in every sense, right? In every in every sense. And so, what can, what herb can we take for that? <laughs> yeah, God, uh, let's. Uh, yeah, you should, you should take like lion's mane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I think just every lion. No, just everything. get on all the herbs. Get on all the stuff. Do it all. No, but you're right. Lion's mane. I do love lion's mane. Tell mm. us a little bit more about lion's mane before we finish up. <laughs> I always think of a lion as big beard. Yeah, it's, it does. You know, look, it's a nice big white, white mushy. It's got all its little tendrils that look mm-hmm. like a look like a lion's mane sitting there, and it's, it's you know it's famous for all its 
brain and nervous system nourishing magic and everything that's doing for all the creation of synapses and healing people helping people heal and they've got neurological disorders so on and so forth and you know for people cultivating greater wit and recall and you know memory and all those beautiful things it's so it's just it's just become famous it's become the pr the pr or branding agency you know in the in you know like whichever Taoist immortal was in the etheric was given the job of branding lion's mane because it's not really there in the classics it's there you know being used in folk medicine but they were like oh quick let's say get it in there it's like oh you know a great job um and so yeah it's 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 um it's paving the way for the awareness of a lot of people in like a trendy way of what mushrooms are and then leads them into the chinese herbal aspect, you know like you know wisdom of what what these are so it's paving the way it's just a magic herb like that but it's a great spleen chi tonic yeah. So it's like that's that's where it's you know it's just it's a beautiful spleen tonic, and in terms of looking at how it helps the intellect and helps our you know our brain or the sea of marrow, it's helping us digest the ideas and the thoughts and literally digest the stuff coming through our body, which we know energetically is helping us digest the ideas so we don't have mental anxiousness because the mental anxiousness is there when we can't intellectually digest um, you know what's going on around us and what's going on through our nervous system, what's going on through, um, you know, through our, 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 you know, the sensory intake of information. And that's what the spleen does. That's why everyone's spleens are sort of screwed because they're not actually able to digest the, the, the intense amount of information. And we know that there's a gut brain connection, of course. And so in order for, you know, in order for the nervous system to be healthy and us to process information, the gut needs to be there. So that's the spleen energetically. Um, you know that supports the, the that's the supports the sea of marrow. It's in the in up in the head, which is one of the extraordinary food organs. Um, you know that's along with the you know like with the uterus and the my the blood vessels. Um, you know the bones in themselves. It's a very special organ, but it's not known as a brain. In you know in, in Chinese medicine, as you know, and um, it's a it's a sea of marrow, and um, it's uh, it has a very we have a and, and it's the you know the output of marrow is you know, marrow is regulated by the kidneys. And so it brings in another, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a hard to relate to. It's like, you know, take brain herbs, you know, it doesn't work really that way. And it's nice to get that relationship for me. I don't even associate lion's mane with the sea of marrow. Mm. You know, it's really, mm. yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. But it's nice to way. come back to that, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To go into that depth of the marrow and, and explore that of how that then moves through your body, right? Your mental mm. intellect, mm. the etheric, yeah. all of that, all that cosmology. Yeah, and then, you know, we get to focus on something more practical like blood and <laughs> the movement of blood, and, you know, the organs that make let's blood. Let's just be healthy, know, like, okay? Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, let's just start with a good, healthy digestion and strong kidneys. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to say, I don't Thank think you. I've ever been so excited to go and <laughs> make it. A medicinal mushroom tonic. I don't, <laughs> I'm like, it's mm, true yeah, though. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because you can yeah. start to feel that, right? And that's where totally. it starts. And I think that's so important, Mason. Mm. Um, and thanks for bringing that awareness mm. um, to our listeners. And I guess because we've never really delved into tonics or medicinal mushrooms and the philosophies mm. behind that. And I think you've given such a beautiful, in-depth insight into you know, how taking something that can create a subtle awareness but then have such a huge impact on every single layer um, mm. of your life um, and into yeah. your life. Yeah. 
Um, and that beautiful purpose of behind your brand, really understanding that purpose behind your brand. I think that's been, yeah. yeah. And we can see why you're so passionate because. And it shines through. Yeah. You see and you feel the passion and you see and you feel the philosophy through your branding and through, yeah, like just coming it's in contact with the herbs. You can feel yeah. it. It's the energy. Um, but yeah, it's been so nice to connect and to hear your story. And I think definitely comedic, you know, stand up is part of your Dharma and, you know, the way that you put things, I just think that's, that has to be a part of it. It's a gift. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. you. So we're so grateful for you to take this time out on a Friday Arvo. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, the, I needed to channel the comedy away from Super Feast to my own stuff. And, like, I think the best meme I've ever created was that one, that scene of The Simpsons where Homer comes over and tries to eat Maggie's cake and Marge is like, Homer, no, I've made a cake for you to destroy over there. And that's kind of like, like, trying to put it into the Super Feast Instagram and it's like my team like, no, 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 we've made, like, a whole Instagram. You can do whatever you want over there and it's separate from Super Feast. Go destroy that one. Oh, that's so good. I'm CEO at yeah. Superface and then Mason Taylor outside of Superface, Love right? That. Yeah, it's a, Comedy. Yeah, gosh, yeah, you, oh, need, you need different archetypes. You, know, you definitely need to be able to put different hats on and that's where it's useful to actually not even put on different hats. But the psychology in terms of organisational structure and the way you set up your organisation in a way that is in alignment with nature and reality, which is hard within a typical hierarchical organisation, is make that distinction and put it in the constitution or what I call the classic of superfeast. And I'm in the point of really rolling this out of saying this is the role and the role has a name. And this seems, might seem intuitive to a lot of people, but it's actually really difficult to say, that role isn't your name. That role has its own name and here is its purpose and here are its accountabilities, and that's the gym. Yeah. Your job, you are the, that's the role, and then you're the soul, and you are the chi that is coming in and animating that role. And your job is to in, look at that role and on behalf of that role ask, why does my role care about this? Why does this role mm-hmm. care about what I'm feeling? And you can ask yourself, like, does my role care about this? Mm-hmm. Does, you know, like, does this seat care about this? Does my Ooh. department, you know, does my organ system care about this? That's what I've called departments, organ systems. Or does Superfeast care about this? And then that final question is, or do I just care about this? And if it's just you caring about this, it's like, God love you, but that's not what you're here to do. That's not, yeah. that's your shit. You go and yeah. process that. You're here to ask why does your role care based mm-hmm. on the purpose of your role and the purpose of the organisation. Mm-hmm. And it's psychologically... That's a... It's a beautiful way. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful feeling, like, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a freedom and you can tools down easier and you don't get enmeshed as much. And when someone asks your opinion, it's not you, you're, you know, it's, it's you with your role to go in and feel and bring your aliveness and your humanness and feel on behalf of the role in the organization where the opportunity is or this, you know, where, where the, where the rupture is or anything like that. And that's what you're there to do. But it's not, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be too personal you know what I mean yeah thank you you've just given me some homework <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go away and really look at it like that exactly it's, great... it really mm. it, it changes everything it changes the whole dynamic then mm. yeah mm. yeah I mean there's a thank few books I mean it's a long journey and it's like you get tempted to go like cool I'm gonna implement this whole other organizational structure 
you know, but it's rather than go on the discovery process of like using mm. that little distinction and then discover your organization's or business or organism's That's way right. of expressing mm. that. But you can read books like Reinventing Organization is a good one to spark the awareness. Yeah. Um, Holacracy is probably like the people who have a structure for big businesses to take on in, mm. in that sense. Um, and then, you know, yeah, there's a, you can you probably go from there looking, and then you classically, you know, the classics like, you know, going looking at spiral dynamics and looking at what the actual levels of consciousness are that emerge within particular organizations. It's kind of rather than just de, otherwise you just get snapped back and default into those, um, not hierarchy, but it is, it's a hierarchy because you've got to, you, you've got to, you've got to work to embody that, you know, that new evol- evolution and more the organism way of operating where there's multiple hierarchies emerging. And mm. it's not about a person. It's a role that's at the top or a bottom of a hierarchy, but it's not the person. Mm, that's that's me. right. Yeah. Really. I'm the top of this hierarchy. It's like, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It actually yeah. has nothing We're to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Don't yes. take it personally. <laughs> But it's nothing to do with you. But when I'm sitting in the CEO role, I'm going to be in, in, in order to do a good job. I know what my purpose is, and I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to make hard decisions, and I'm, and I'm going to, and it's going to very easily get me bypassing my shit because it's on behalf of the business, and that's my totally. Yeah, that's my role. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I can tools down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it's that like connection and that like romantic dance with the entity of the business. Oh yeah, which is what's it's, calling it's you not in. About me and it's not no. about any, like it's not it's yeah. not like it's not about any of us. We're literally being paid to be here and put a spark in the machine yes. and feel and, yes. and, and feel and think on behalf of the gene. Yes. Yeah, I love mm. that. That's beautifully so put. The shen can shine. So the yeah. purpose can shine. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, on that note, let's leave on a shiny note. Yes. Shiny, 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 This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.